Well, good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. Um, I am the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley. I'm glad that you're here with us as we are um, finishing up our two-part message series that we are um, doing on comparison. Uh, last week, we took a look at comparison, and uh, we looked at comparison as it relates to us individually and how we have to combat the confusion and the emptiness um, that can come from comparing ourselves uh, with others. If you missed last week and you're, you're interested in, in catching up um, on that part of the series, you can go to churchandvalley.com and listen to the message there. You can also subscribe to our podcast um, just by searching Church in the Valley uh, Ontario Ranch Campus. You can find it there. Today we are going to look um, at how comparison impacts us as we relate to others. There's nothing innately wrong with comparison. Um, it, a basic definition of comparison is to look at something to see um, what is similar and different about it from something else. So there's no, nothing innately wrong with that. This week I went to um, the grocery store and I was picking out a watermelon. And so I'm looking at all the watermelons. I am comparing the watermelons to each other. And then we asked, you know, how do we find out which is a good one? I'm hitting the watermelons to listen to a noise. But the problem was I didn't know what noise I was listening for. And so finally I just picked one that looked good. And it actually was for the first time I've ever gotten the watermelon right. But that's beside the point. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing that, with comparing Things. But the problem is that it's extremely hard for us to compare something that somebody else has and to not get into trouble with our thoughts. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. Social media, it's basically one big compare fest. You compare your, your family to others. You compare maybe your house, maybe your cars, maybe your, your, your relationships, how they look compared to other relationships or your political views. You're comparing all these things. Um, with other people. And recently, I've, I've gotten into some trouble as I go on to social media, and I might see somebody going on vacation. And I think, wish I could go on vacation. I wish I could be there. I wish I could go on vacation again. Now I'm judging them like they've been on more vacations than I have. How do they keep getting to do that? I wish I had their lifestyle. I don't know if anybody has ever had that thought. As you have you as you've looked at social media, um, but it's easy to get into envy, wanting what others have. Um, but it, it doesn't just stop at social media. Comparison for me, it can creep into to my any area of my life without any warning whatsoever. Um, the other day, I was talking to somebody, and they were telling me <clears throat> about how um, a friend of mine did a great job leading this meeting, and. I wish I could tell you my first thought was, well, great for them. I'm really glad they, they did a great job leading that meeting. But it wasn't. That wasn't my first thought. My first thought was, you know, I think I could have done pretty good at leading that meeting. I think I, I could have. You know, I, I would have done it this way, and it would have gone well. I was comparing myself to the, to the other person. And not only was I comparing myself, but I was elevating myself above them and thinking, you know what, I could, I could do that better. I could take care of that better. I was having to deal with this pride in my heart as I'm having this conversation with this person and trying not to let it spill out into my conversation with them. That's what happens when we compare. 
Comparison, it, it can quickly turn into resenting somebody because they have something we don't have, maybe a character quality that we wish we had or a, a physical possession. It might be a, a coworker who just seemingly always does a better job than me. Or it might be a friend who, who gets a, a promotion, but I'm just stuck in the same job for years. Or it could be a variety of different things. But comparison can just creep into our lives really quickly at a moment's notice. Comparison coupled with pride, it can show up just at any time without warning. It could be at work. It could be at home. It could be at church. It could be on the road driving and you see somebody has got a new car. They don't have a license plate on it yet. And you think, oh, I wish I, I had that new car. But comparison, it's not just this internal battle that we have. It spills out into our relationships and it can cause some real damage. And the damage comes because conceit confuses our focus. Romans 12.3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Take a look at this warning here. It says not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Here, pride and conceit, thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to, is being contrasted to sober judgment. Now, the, the sober judgment that's being talked about here, um, what, what that is, is it's to be of sound mind. That's what, that's what the word um, means in the original uh, Greek that it was written in to be of sound mind. It's to be sane. That's what it's talking about here. And to be sane, to have this sound judgment, that comes from humility. That's where the sound judgment can come from. It can come from an attitude of humility. Humility is the voluntarily thinking of someone is better than yourself. That's what humility is. Instead of thinking about how much better you are than someone, you place them above you mentally in your attitude, in your thoughts. Humility helps us to maintain sober judgment in situations. The opposite of humility um, and sober judgment is thinking of yourself more highly than we ought. We we looked at at that. Um, Pride and conceit are thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. And it's really what, what it's the contrast there, being sober, it's to be intoxicated by love for yourself. That's what, it, what it's talking about here. It's this conceit and pride, it can intoxicate us. They make it so that we can't see life in the same way, in a sober judgment. We can't see it because we think of ourselves so highly. And that just comes natural to us, to think of ourselves uh, so, so highly. And, and that we got it all figured out. I can do better leading the meeting. It's interesting the, the choice of words that's being used here. You get the picture of, of what's going on by the words that are being used. When someone drinks too much alcohol, becomes intoxicated, sound judgment is not something you're going to use to describe them. That's, that's not what's going to happen. People make foolish decisions when they drink too much. Ask any police officer. They've got tons of stories of, of foolish decisions that, that people 
have made by drinking too much. The same here is true for Romans 12.3, for pride. When we are intoxicated with conceit or pride, we can't see reality for what it really is as we're relating to people. Because conceit confuses. Just like your vision might become fuzzy, drinking too much, reality becomes fuzzy when you think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Our picture of reality, it becomes distorted. And we we see that in several different ways. Take a look at some different ways that, that conceit can confuse us. Conceit confuses us and causes us to underestimate God's role in our life. That's one of the ways that conceit confuses us. When we think of ourselves more highly than we should, we miss the fact that God's involved in our life. There might be blessings that come our way, and that's because of me. Well, I I chose that. I chose to do this or that. The conceit confuses us to the, the fact that God was a part of that. God helped us to make the right decisions to bring about that blessing. But when we're, we're intoxicated with conceit, then God's taken out of the equation. It's all about me. Another way that this distorted view um, comes out is that we overestimate our abilities. Um, we think we have skills in areas that, that sometimes we actually have no skill in at all. Uh, that's the conceit. It, it, it makes us think we got it all, all together. Take a look at this classic example of someone overestimating their abilities in the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Take a look at Uncle Rico talking to his nephew. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Watch this. What are you doing? That's what I'm talking about. I better go. <laughs> How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah. If coach would have put me in fourth quarter, we'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things have been different. I'd have gone pro in a heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. Kip, I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, You ever come across anything... Time travel? Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. Right on. Right on. Conceit, it confuses us. Uncle Rico, if he would have been put in third quarter, he would have won state. And his whole life would be different. We can do that, too. Maybe it doesn't look like Uncle Rico. Pretty extreme 
example um, there. But it's easy for us to overestimate our skills in an area, especially if it's something that we really want to be good at. We can think we have um, a skill that's just not there. Um, Another way that things can become fuzzy for us um, is that we overvalue our roles and responsibilities in relation to those around us. We think that what we are doing is most important. When we're in the highest rank in our minds, we think, hey, my role, my responsibility is most important regardless of what everybody else is doing around us. Can see it confuses us. But it doesn't just confuse us, it pushes people away from us. When we think of ourselves more highly than uh, we ought to, we, we push ourselves ahead of others because my role. My role is more important than yours, so it doesn't matter how I treat you if I'm getting mine done because it's most important. Or we, we can boast and brag about how good we are at something. This pushes people away as well. People don't want to be around somebody like Uncle Rico who's constantly reminding them of how good they are at something. People can tell that, you know what, he's lost some touch with reality. He's not living in reality. But the thing is that as conceit confuses us, we need people in our life. So we can't keep relating in a way that's going to push people away from us. We can't do it all on our own at home, at work, at church. Life is better as we're relating and focused with people. And life sours when we we choose patterns of relating that just keep pushing people away from us. Romans 12, 4 through uh, 6, talks about this. Now, this passage of Scripture, it it is um, directed towards Christians. It's directed towards people who've made Jesus the boss of of their life. But the, the principles found in it, they apply whether you've made Jesus the boss of your life or not. So let's take a look at what's said um, here. Romans 12, 4 through 6 says, For as in one body, and the body being talked about here is it's talking about the church. So the church is, is, is the body. So for as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So this passage is chock full of of perspective that can really help us to deal with conceit in our lives and can help us to deal with the the pride. And it turns out that conceit confuses us, but humility helps us to focus. Humility is the opposite of conceit. It it looks um, at others as more important than ourselves. And when we adopt that attitude, life really can come into focus for us. We can see relationships as they really are. Humility focuses us on the fact that we don't have the same function. Just like the ear on our physical body has a different function than the hand and the foot or the nose or the mouth, we each have different functions in the body of Christ. And we see these these different functions. We see them on display on Sundays. Some people are gifted in, in teaching the kids and making that a fun experience. They're in the in the kid zone. Some have gifts to lead in, in music, um, talents in, in singing and playing instruments. Some of us have good health and strength. They can help set up and tear down. 
on Sunday mornings. Some have gifts of hospitality, creativity, make it a welcoming, warm environment. Now, each of these functions, they help Church in the Valley to accomplish its mission on Sundays, um, to help people to come to know Christ and to help people grow in their relationship with Christ. But the the church isn't just a, a Sunday thing. It happens throughout the week. It's more than just Sundays. And we see more and more functions of the church, of the body of Christ, happen during the week. Some people lead groups, help people grow in their relationship with, with God. Others administer. They, they do um, details of meetings, child care, get things set up so that, that different events and, and meetings can happen. Other functions in the body of Christ can be teaching about the Bible or counseling people or, or hosting. There's a lot of different functions that go on. But with all these functions, there's a lot of room for comparison. A lot of room to looking around to seeing what other people are doing. And conceit, it confuses us. Conceit looks at the different functions, pride, and it wants to compare the importance of what they're doing compared to what I'm doing. It makes whatever position I hold most important. And this attitude, it just causes a strife in relationships. People use politics or sheer just willpower to put themselves ahead of other people. But humility, it focuses us. Humility sees the different functions, the different roles, responsibilities, and what's going on. And it sees the value in all of them. Humility wants to join in the team with what's going on. Rather than make myself in the best position possible compared to somebody else. And it's with that attitude of humility that we can see that we, we have equal value in the body of Christ. There's equal value in these functions. Verse 5 again says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So our, our head, it might be more visible than the role of our heart in our physical bodies. But they're both vital for us to live. That's the same. It's our spiritual body, the body of Christ. Some functions might be more visible than others. But if we truly believe that these functions are all necessary towards accomplishing the mission that God has given us, then we can see the value in all of them. We can see that God's created all of them, and we can be a part of what he's doing by, by serving him. Then the, the third perspective that helps us to not compare um, with pride is God is the source of our different gifts. Recognizing that God is the source of our gifts and abilities, that's just a pride dampener right there. Pride goes as we think about my strengths, my abilities, my, 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 my. It's all about me. And that makes our view of people fuzzy. Because it's about me. For me, this is like taking off my glasses to, to look at, at, the situ, at, at you guys. You're all fuzzy. I, I, have, I don't know who's sitting where or anything. I can't see you. It's, it's fuzzy. And I have to put them back on so I can see my notes. But that's what it does. When it's all about me, my strengths, my abilities... It it makes life fuzzy for us. Recognizing God as the source of our gifts, it it keeps pride and conceit 
from creeping in. Because it's no longer about me and what I'm doing, but it's about God working through me. God has given me this ability, and I need to be a good steward of it. It shifts from being a pride thing to being a good steward steward of what God has given me. Putting on that perspective is like putting my glasses back on. I can see clearly. I'm no longer competing with other people, but rather what I'm doing is I'm being the best steward of what God's given me. And that's what other people are doing too. And I can, there's unity in that, in that happening, rather than me competing with them. This perspective, it helps us in the church, but it also can be a help across the board of life. At home, imagine how sweet your home life would be if each member in the family understood the, that we don't have the same function. Some of us are parents, some husband, a wife. Kids, parents are the bosses. Kids are the are to obey. Imagine how that would go if everybody just understood that. Sounds like a good a good day at the house to me. But imagine also if if we also saw there's equal value in the different roles. How great would it be if we understood that even though we have these different roles, some leaders, some followers. It doesn't diminish the importance and the value that we bring to the family. And then imagine how great it would be if we just recognized God's the one who gave us these different uh, gifts and strengths and and weaknesses. It would no longer be about one-upping each other in the family, but about working alongside each other, working together. Same is true at work. Imagine a workplace that realized Okay, we don't have the same function. Some are bosses, some are employees, some are in accounting, some are in marketing, or maybe you're a teacher, some are teachers, some are students. Imagine if everybody understood. We don't have the same function, we don't have the same role, but all of these roles are important and valuable to the mission of what we're trying to get done. How great would it be if we understood that even though we have these different roles and some get paid more than others, um, because they might have a skill set that, that is more rare or an ability that the company values more, even though they might get paid more, it doesn't mean your position is more in value, is less valuable to the company. We all have value. That would be a great workplace to be a part of. We're all on the same team. We're all, on this, we're all in, in this together. Conceit, it confuses leads to conflict, strife, isolation as we push people away from us. But humility, it focuses us, brings clarity into how we see others and our role related to other people. And relating in focus like this, by choosing humility, it produces harmony. Produces harmony as we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Take a look at Romans 12, 15 and 16. It says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Here we see some of the the actions that should happen when people are relating rightly with each other, when people are choosing humility. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep. With those who weep. 
Have you ever heard of something uh, really great going on with someone, and you're in the middle of just the opposite? Really bad is going on in your life. Maybe somebody tells you how they just got a raise, but you just got demoted, or you lost your job, or maybe you, you have had something really exciting happen to you, and somebody calls you and, and tells you about a tragic situation that they're going through. Sometimes we have a hard time getting over our circumstances to rejoice with those who rejoice or weep with those who weep. And conceit, that, that says that we're more important. What I'm feeling is more important than what they're feeling right now. And so we can't rejoice with those who rejoice if we don't feel that same way. Or we can't weep with those who weep if we're not feeling that same way. But humility, it looks to the other person as more important to us. And it allows us to rejoice or to weep with them, regardless of how we're feeling. What this verse is talking about might not be a natural response to you. It's not to me. But it's as we make this choice to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, that we can see life really clearly. We can see people and their value. We can see them for their strengths, their values, their weaknesses, without having it be about us and our pride and our conceit in an area. This attitude of rejoicing and weeping with one another, it recognizes that those who have made Jesus the, the boss of their life, they're all one body, like Romans 12, 4, and 5 is talking about. And just like God has different strengths and, and weaknesses for people, God also has different seasons, different times for different people. So when good happens to my brother, it's a part of the body, I can rejoice with him. Or when something hard happens, I can weep with them. This is really, it, it's huge. God has given us the perspective and tools to relate in a way that's mutually beneficial to each other. When you relate in this way that you're concerned for each other and you show sympathy for each other's situations, then you know that you've, you've got teammates on your side to go through life with. You've got people that are with you. They're for you. Church in the Valley has been uh, this to me and my family. And there's, there's story after story after story that I can go through, but one of the ways that... Um, people here have rejoiced with us is that some people when we moved out here five years ago to join the staff at church in the valley some people threw a party for us so we can get to know people they rejoiced with us coming out here had a bounce house and everything it was fun the kids loved it really helped them to feel included so they were moving across the country Another way Church in the Valley has, has been there is when my daughter Ellie was born and she had to go into the, the NICU right away. People were there for us. They came to the hospital. They prayed with us. They were there for us in that uncertain time. That's the type of relationships that you'll find here at Church in the Valley. That's the type of community that, that we have here. We are for each other here at Church in the Valley. We want to build each other up. Look out for each other's interests. And it's as we do this that we experience unity towards our common mission. Romans 12:16 says, Live in harmony with one another. 
Another translation says, be of the same mind. It's the type of unity that's talking about. Be of the same mind. All that we've looked at this morning, it's not just so that we can take care of each other. That's part of it. But what it's for is so that we can be unified. Church in the Valley can be a a team that can accomplish the mission that God has given us. And when we work together as a team to help other people come to know Jesus Christ for the first time or to grow in their relationship with God, there's joy in working on that together and being a team together as we have this genuine care for each other while we're doing that. And we experience this rejoicing with those who rejoice and this weeping with those who weep in the, in the midst of going out and trying to, to do the mission God has given Church in the Valley to do. Maybe you're here for this morning. You haven't experienced this type of community before. I want to encourage you to take a, a step towards that. Take a step towards those relationships. Maybe a, a step, that, that, a next step that you have towards Church in the Valley is to commit to the team more and more. That you experience unity and relationships that we talked about here. So some, some just practical things that might help you to join more. What Church in the Valley is doing here is, is one thing might be just to stay around, around longer. Maybe 15 minutes after church. Talk to people. Get to know people. That might be a practical next step um, for you. People have to know you and know what's going on in your life to be able to rejoice with you, to, to weep with you. Another next step might be to attend a meetup. We have meetups going on. There's a, a few more in May, and then we're going to have more this summer. But that might be a way to get to know people more and more here at Church in the Valley. Or maybe join a, a Sunday service team. That might be your next step. So get to know people week in, week out, doing, serving here at Church in the Valley. Or maybe it's to complete the next step in the membership process here at church. The, mem- the members, you know, we are all members of the same body. What's talking about there is the local church and, and joining in the team here at Church in the Valley. Like Brad said, we have Church in the Valley preview. That's right after church from 12 to 115 at the church office. You can come to that. Um, and and that, that might be your next step. Get to know Church in the Valley more. The ultimate step that, that needs to be taken um, to experience relationships this way is for you to submit your life to, to God and become a follower of Christ. That's the ultimate next step to really being able to experience community in this way. It's as we trust in God and, and give our life to him that we can truly experience relationships the way that God intends for us to experience those. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What this verse is saying, it's saying our sin, and sin, what, what sin is, it's just missing the mark. Um, they actually use this term in archery, and when somebody misses the bullseye in the middle, that's, they, they say sin. It's missing the mark. It, so what sin is, it's missing the mark that God has given us to live by. So our sin has caused us to be separated from God because God's perfect. He's, he's holy. He, he, has, he is without sin, without blemish. And so our sin has made this gap in our relationship 
with God. And the only way for that gap to be restored is with him is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because we earned death from our sin. Wages, just like wages at work. You earn wages. You earn, we have earned death by our sin. But God in his grace sent his son, Jesus Christ, came and lived a, a perfect life, never sinned. And he died on the cross for our sins. We can have a restored relationship with him if we accept this free gift and start living our life with Jesus as our Lord instead of trying to do life our own way. This verse, it might bring up more questions than answers for you. And, and that's, that's okay. We want to be here to, to help you answer those questions. But figuring out your relationship with God, that's the most important step that you can take in your life. So if you have questions, please write them down. Get with somebody. Talk to them. Ask them to help you work through these questions. Write on the back of your connection card, and I or somebody in, in, on staff at, here at Church and Valley, we'll, we'll talk it through with you if you'd like. But that's, that's a, a next step. If you're going to experience the community rejoicing with those who rejoice, weeping with those who weep, committing your life to Christ is how you can be a part of that. Remember, conceit confuses, humility focuses. So what are some ways that you can start to relate and focus this week? Take a look at some next steps that you might want to take in response to the message this morning. Um, the first next step is when I'm tempted to compare, I'm going to thank God for the gifts he has given others. When I'm tempted to compare, when I'm thinking about somebody else's strengths and leading meetings and how I can be better than them, instead of doing that, thank God for the strengths that he's given others. That can help you to work through the traps of comparison. Another is memorize Romans 12:15. If you memorize Romans 12:15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, that can be a big help in situations as you're trying to, to be a comfort and a help to people. Or maybe a next step is take a next step with Church in the Valley by and fill in the blank. Write in what that is. Then the last next step, today for the first time, I'm making Jesus the Lord of my life. Maybe that's your next step today. We encourage you to, to take a next step to respond in some way to the message. And as you do, you'll find that, that God can be trusted and that a relationship with him and, and you can grow with him and, and on and on. So let, let's pray as the band will uh, continue in singing after we pray. God, we just thank you for today. We thank you. Um, thank you so much that you haven't made us all the same to do the same function. And just the, the joy and the, the beauty and the variety. And just pray that um, you would help us to keep that perspective when it's easy to try to envy or um, want what somebody else has. Help us to find comfort in, in you. Help us to, to really um, choose humility in our relationships so that we can see um, people how you see them and, and relate to people how you want us to relate pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.